The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch. She can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Actually, um, I'm doing my accountability program, not, not going so hot. <laughs> um, I, I, I maybe cheated. I don't know what's wrong with me. How do people do these like accountability programs and not cheat and just stay on them and eat like oats and <laughs> chicken and I don't even eat chicken and just like meat and protein it's it, so that's not going so hot. But what I really want to talk about is the fact that I, after taking those pictures of myself last week and seeing what I look like in my Hanes for her briefs um, from the backside, I have decided that I am I don't want to wear thong underwear anymore. I I want to be free of having a wedgie for all of my days going forward. But then I kind of thought about it and I was like, okay how do you wear leggings with your underwear showing? Cause then you have panty lines. So it's like, okay, I guess I have to continue having a wedgie, but what is the age when it's not appropriate to wear thong underwear anymore? I'm just going to leave you with that. And I'm going to start my show. Hi, 
Hi, so everyone, I am so excited for today. I have the beautiful Dr. Nayon, my very first guest of my very first podcast. She's so nice. She's going to hopefully be reoccurring on my show. Maybe soon it'll be called Megan and Dr. Nay. I'm just going <laughs> to change it to judging Dr. Nay and Megan at the same time. Um, but I'm so excited to have her on. Hi, Dr. Nay. Hi, Megan. I, I love it. You. I miss you. I, I get to I see you in too. person this week, right? You do. I know. It's so oh awesome. Gosh. I can't wait. And also, Dr. Nay, um, you have bangs right now. I do. How, like, how did that happen? And do you or do you not regret cutting bangs? Let's just start out with the really important thing. Yeah, of course. Hair comes first. So I, you know, COVID, bored, Friday night, just decided to do it. But you look so so good with bangs. I really want bangs. I mean, you have such a pretty face. I'm like, if I cut bangs, I would look like a pilgrim or something. I don't know. No, no. It's just that, you know what? I have bangs so much in my life. So my, I have thin, wispy, baby fine hair. So it just can do bangs. And I hadn't done it in a long time. And, you know, I just figured, why not? I mean, when I first cut them, they were a little too short, but that's okay. <laughs> They've grown Ella, up. My daughter, Ella, did that too. Well, maybe yeah. I did them for her. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretending like I, she cut them, but I really cut them and they're not, they're really crooked. Um, well, I was thinking about cutting bangs because I was like, well, maybe if I cut bangs, I wouldn't have to get Botox. Yes, that's true. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you work out, your bangs are all in your face and it's probably hot. It is, but it's okay. It's just a change. Listen, hair grows and I'm loving it. Well, you look really pretty as always. And, you know, you, you're the kind of person that could get away with like having like a weird bowl cut and still look good. So no, no, no. My mother scarred me with that when I was young. I had a bowl cut too. I feel like it's every, like every mother's payback. If you're a child of like the seventies, eighties and early nineties. Well, I just really wanted to thank you for being on today. We are going to be talking about several subjects and um you know from the time that I started my journey I call it my journey into therapy with you which was now several years ago right yep um I say you're a reoccur you're a reoccurring uh, topic on every podcast where I talk about how you really help save my life Hmm. and um and I can never thank you enough for that because when I, when I met you and I saw you, I, I always get emotional. It's so embarrassing. Um, oh, that's okay. I was just in, you know, like a really, yeah. really, a really dark place, sad place. Yeah. So to be able to kind of be here, um, you know, two years later and just, and not, and again, I'm not a hundred percent but I would say I'm a lot better. Yes. Um, I just, I thank you from the bottom of my heart and, you know, I love you as a human being and as a person and I'm, will be grateful to you for the rest of my life. So thank you. Well, it's my pleasure to facilitate your process. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, what I kind of wanted to start out with is kind of talk about, um, 
you know, I, I know that the topic of Meghan Markle has been kind of all over the oh. news, right? Yes. And, and what, you know, the fact that she came out and she talked about her, like thinking about suicide sure. and her issues with depression. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, people really attacked her and, you know, yeah. jumped on her for coming out and saying, you know, I'm suicidal and being real. And I just kind of wanted to start out and see what you thought about that. Oh, I thought that Meghan Markle was incredibly brave for what she did. Uh, I don't think it's easy to come out in front of the world and say that you felt suicidal, especially when you're living in a palace with a prince. But I think what she illustrated for all of us is that depression and suicidal ideations cross across all races, na- you know, nations, cultures, socioeconomic status. And, and I think that uh, that was a real turning point in society for her to come out and say her truth. I, and I think it was wonderful. And um, I know people shamed her and said, oh, get over it, put the crown back on, what, what's really so bad. But, you know, unless you've been suicidal, and let's remember people, she, had a, she was suicidal with a baby in her. And the fact that, that she went to human resources at the castle, at Windsor Castle, and they said, sorry, you're not on the payroll, we can't deal with you, is appalling. But do you think too, like, I mean, I mean, it, it, the race thing has, is definitely an issue there as well. I wonder, would they have treated her differently? But then I think back on Diana. Yeah. They were so bad to Diana. And again, I only, we only as the public know one side really. Right. Right. But I think, I think the issue too, is that the, the, um, the Royals have not learned from Diana. So they did the same thing to Diana that they did to Megan. They threw, they throw these women in to this very large job without any training. And it's exhausting and overwhelming for these women, no matter who you are. They don't have the skills for it. And then when they show signs of being human that they can't do it, they say, buck up and do it anyway. And that's what perpetuates the depression. And that's why Diana was not that the only reason why Diana was bulimic because Diana was also dealing with the fact that her husband was in love with another woman. The same thing happened with Megan. They've learned nothing. And then you throw the racial piece in. And I think Harry was not going to have a redo of his mother. Yeah, I think, I think that this topic, I know how passionate about it you are and how passionate about it I am. Um, you know, just during COVID and during, you know, just in general, life in general in our country, in the United States is literally cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yes. And I think like adding in the COVID on top of it, and then if you're already a woman and you're suffering, and I use women because I think that we go through different things than men do. And I'm not going to ever say that men don't suffer, but I believe they suffer in different ways than women do. Um, I just think that there's such a stigma with coming forward and saying, I'm, I'm suffering and I need help. And, and if you have 
if you're brave enough to come forward and I'm not like saying I'm a saint or anything, but I've openly talked on this podcast about that I suffered with suicidal thoughts for a long time, you know, and it was really triggered by deep childhood issues. And then some events that I've talked about with, um, having a friend break up. And I just think that, I think that women in general are just so hard on each other and we just have to be able to be real and be like, okay, if somebody comes out and they're like, I'm suffering, I need help, like not be so judgmental, right? Yes, not be so judgmental. And I mean, I heard people say, well, you know what, really, she couldn't get a therapist. She's best friends with Serena Williams. I mean, when you're at that level of depression and you have suicidal ideations, you need a team. She needed a psychiatrist. How is Meghan Markle going to get a psychiatrist into the castle if it's not handled properly? Right. I mean, that, 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 you know, just to say, oh, she could have done this. She could have done this. Plus, let's just add when you're depressed, you have low energy, you have no motivation. That is, you know, you're not really capable of taking care of yourself. And that's why it's good to reach out to other people. And then when you reach out and you get shamed and disgraced and denied, that's inhumane to me. Yeah. Well, I just kind of wanted to start out talking about that because it kind of pivots into a subject that I think that uh, we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about a few things, but, you know, I kind of talked in my first episode about um, how I had this friend breakup and it was severely traumatic for me. And I thought this person was my really close friend and, you know, our families were friends and I've kind of talked about it. And, you know, two, two plus years later, obviously we're not on speaking terms. Um, we're no longer friends, but I live in a place and Dr. Nay, you have lived in this area as well, um, where it's kind of like a two mile radius. So I've talked about this before. You can't go anywhere without seeing people, without hearing gossip or the rumor mill or whatever it be. And um, so I had had this breakup and then it was just kind of like these women just kind of like all jumped on top of me. And when I say that, it was like, I thought these people were my friends and then they just kind of were like, we're like this one woman in particular, we're like, we're just, it's on, we're going after you. And um, I'm not here to play the victim or be the victim. I'm really here because I want my audience to know that this is a common theme. I've had women reach out to me since I started this podcast asking me like what really happened. And um, I can tell you that it got so bad that I couldn't even go to the grocery store without people seeing me and turning the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You, I mean, you know, it's, it's sad to think that people, you know, especially, I mean, we're, none of us are perfect. We're all imperfect beings. And, you know, to see not just only a young woman, but a woman who's a mother or women who are mothers bully other mothers. 
Yeah. And I think that this is something that women do to each other. Like you and I talk about in therapy, like own, own your stuff. Like, what did you do? What I did was I, and I will come out with this story because if people are listening to this podcast, which I'm sure somebody will tell somebody in this town, like that I'm telling us the story, but um, you know, it really got bad for me when I was dealing with the breakup of my friend and I thought these other women were my friends. And I had one night gone to a local restaurant with a new friend that I thought was my new friend. And um, I proceeded, shocker, to have a giant martini on an empty stomach. And then I ended up going to this it was like a party for like our kindergartners, right? I had a kindergartner at the time and it was a bunch of moms and I was having a great time. And then one of the moms walked into the party that basically had become the best friend of my old best friend is what I believe. And, you know, it was as if like that her and her family had completely replaced my family as their new best friends. Mm. So it was extremely painful for me every time I would see this woman because it just made me feel like you're not good enough. Like I'm better than you. Like she was never your friend. And we've, my family has now replaced you, including my daughter has replaced your daughter as her best friend. So it was very hard for me to deal with. And um, I was drinking too much and somebody came up to me, another woman, and kind of like touched me on my ribs and I snapped and I turned to her and I go, you're an expletive loser. You're a fucking loser. I can cuss on this podcast. And I said, get away from me. And it was six months of me basically bottling in all of the pain of seeing these people that I thought at one point were my really good friends. Like we were friends, even with that other girl, we were never best friends, but we were in a friend group for years and years and went on vacations, took pictures together. I had her at my birthday parties, you know? So just to have your whole group of friends then say, Oh, Megan went off on this other mom at a party. And then go to my kid's school and talk about me and say like, I'm a lunatic and I'm a bad person. Yeah. What I did was really, really wrong. And I should never have called somebody a effing loser, but I'm a human being and I snapped. So you did, you did. You know, I'm owning my truth on that. And I know I was wrong and I apologized, but that was kind of like the reason I'm telling the story. That was kind of like that's when it got so bad that I couldn't even like walk on the campus of my kid's school without people like looking at me like I was crazy. Mm-hmm. And like I said, going to the grocery store without, you know, somebody pretending like they didn't see me. And I ha- I'm having Dr. Nay on because I really know that you've dealt with this. And I want mm-hmm. to get, talk about the root of why women do this. Mm-hmm. And I will be honest with you. I, I've not been a saint. When I was in that group of women, I, I talked badly about people all the time. Like one woman would get up from the table and it was like a free for all, you know, you would talk about the other woman. So I just wanted to have you on. Cause I wanted to know 
why I wanted people to know yeah. that I've gone through it. So if you want to reach out to me, please do, because it has not been fun. No. I don't wish this pain that I went through on my biggest enemy. And you would have thought that I slept with somebody's husband. I'll say that. So right. I'll, right. Let you have the, right. I'll let you talk. And yeah. Say. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's a bunch of different dynamics here. And I think, you know, when we, you and I first started our work together, <clears throat> we, we uncovered that that initial friend dynamic was probably not the healthiest one in general, mm-hmm. right? And you were overgiving and placating, maybe an accommodating, right? To keep that friendship uh, that comes, you know, from your own like insecurity, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you do that with someone that's that maybe isn't the most trustworthy person, and instead of them receiving your love and care and affection, they actually might abuse it. And then I think when that happens within your relationship, you said no more, right? Yeah. And then, and then you said no more. And that in of itself is really painful because this was a good friend of yours. And to stand up for yourself was really hard. And then I, I think with women, what happens is that like, they um they want social power they want social power i think we talked about like the queen bee syndrome mm-hmm. and so then they all kind of buzzed around her you know leaving you to feel you know low self esteem and then doubt yourself and plus any break in attachment that's been that's been strong for anybody is going to bring up old attachment issues and anytime you anybody feels betrayed by a good friend it cuts to the core yeah and, and i think, and yeah, I think yeah. yeah and i think that that's really what happened and then there, and then there was like just covert bullying you know yeah. not that they would come up to you but they would see you and go the other way or they would avoid you or like, or like I talk about carpool a lot, like being in carpool, which I'm in carpool a lot. And by the way, my kids still go to this school. So I openly have to still continue to see these women. Right. Um, uh, just like, you know, people will like pull up next to me, but they won't pull up all the way. So they're right next to my window, you know, like they yeah. just trying to avoid me. Like I'm some kind of monster. Um, you know, I mean, I will say that I, like I've said before, I did snap. And, you know, like the woman that was, I thought my, one of my friends, you know, I would be like, she's evil. I, I hate, I hate them. Like they hurt me. And we've talked about this before. Anger comes from pain and love, you know, and at the core of it, right. It's so effed up is like, I genuinely like cared about these people and I will, I think I'll always wonder, I'm okay with it now. Like if I wasn't okay with it and I still wanted to be friends with them, I would not be, believe me, doing a podcast about this. And it, me <laughs> talking openly about this could just make things worse. But the reason I'm really genuinely doing it is because I don't want anyone, I mean, I know that it will continue to happen. Women have the dynamic with each other that this continues to happen. Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I mean I know just living in this town I've had people tell me 
on several occasions, oh my gosh, this has happened to my friend. Something like this happened to my friend. Yeah. And it's kind of like, why? Like, where does this come from? You know? Yeah. And, and the thing is that rejection doesn't feel good. I mean, let's, who, who wants to feel that? That's, that feels horrible. And when we do feel bullied, the, the thing to do is to confront somebody, you know, and it doesn't have to be in a highly aggressive manner, mm-hmm. but to let somebody know, hey, the way you're treating me isn't correct. And that yeah. is the way to handle it. And sometimes when we don't do that enough, right? Like you said, you hadn't really seen anybody for six months, but you were harboring all of these feelings that were hard to manage and you were managing them and then pop, that's what happens. So it's the feelings underneath that are, are very important and that need to be processed. And even the anger, it's just when our anger gets the best of us, then we lose our validation of actually what happened to us. Yeah. And I, and I was angry, like all of the traditions, all of the things I had done for years and years were just like taken away, you know, like Mm -hmm. my husband and I, and my kids weren't included anymore. And it was like, you're cut off Bye. And it was extremely difficult. I think, I think also like why I wanted to talk about this is because I'm the mother of two little girls, you know, and, and I see it already, you know, in my, in my fifth grader coming home you know, where she is, thank God she's clueless. Like you've met Sophie. She doesn't, she doesn't care what anybody thinks of her. I wish I was more like her. She's super confident in her, in her own self. Yeah. Yeah. But it's developmentally appropriate at her age because we're painfully usually self-conscious, but yet social connection is everything. But then we hope that as we become mothers, that we could be kind and friendly and decent with each other not perfect. And everybody doesn't have to like each other. And this, this shouldn't, this shouldn't really still be happening in this day and age. Is this a common theme that you see in with women in your practice? Yeah. And I, and I think I spoke with you about this too, is that I find we've all had some sort of attachment trauma. Some women have more learning to do amongst their friends Some women, it's more with their spouses. So it really depends upon the female. Like me, I've always been a girl's girl. I love girls. I have tons of friends. And and that doesn't mean we don't gossip about each other because that would be ridiculous for me to say that. Uh, but we're, but we're kinds, but it's the male relationships that I got, that, that, that put me to the ringer, you know? So, but with women, that are working out this, they have to work out more of the friend group issue. Sure. I see it. I see it quite often. And I'm shocked because I think as women, we should, even if we don't agree with however a person's political values or, you know, the way they raise their family or they homeschool or that, like we have to, you know, diversity isn't just about race and color, right? It's about people's like neurodiversity, how they show up in the world and why can't we accept that people are different and be kind to them. So I've seen it with women for sure. I think too, like, like looking back on what I went through, I like, I like what you said, like I'm, I've never really had, I mean, I've had issues with men where I 
you know, have like anybody else been dumped or whatever it is. But, you know, just because I've been with my husband for, we actually are having the anniversary of meeting tomorrow, 20 oh, years. Oh, congratulations. 20 years ago, we met. Oh, um, my God. He's so cute. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, but like anyone else, we're driving each other crazy because, you know, we've been together for <laughs> years straight. Oh, of course. Um, but I think about like throughout my life, I've always had been super sensitive, you know, like super sensitive yes. if I was left out of something. Yes. So if that's where it like really stemmed, you know, yes. like if somebody were like to leave me out of something, yes. I would take it like, oh my gosh, they're having a dinner and they didn't yes. include me. And then they're going to post pictures of like 10 women out at a dinner together. And I'm sitting home on my couch thinking, oh, I just had a dinner with all of you and invited you and you left me out. Yes. Yes. That that's kind of so thing. common. That's so common. Yeah. I, have the, I have that conversation weekly. And just like I have to work on my own issues in regards to my male relationships, and you and I have spoken about this, is that there's like that need for validation through the friend, right? And so, because not everybody's going to include us all the time. Mm -hmm. And then for you, you do feel really sensitive. And then how do you have discernment about, is it me, you know, my, my validation issue, or are they being mean? Right. And that's where you, that's where the work of therapy comes in learning how to do that. Yeah. And, and then I think too, like, you know, I don't understand the whole thing with like, why I know you talked about like the queen bee syndrome and all of that, but like why people want to like take sides and like gang up. Like, I don't understand that. that's the part that's kind of like, well, why, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you give people a chance? And I know like just living in this area that it's hard not to get caught up in the gossip mill. You know, I was on a walk this morning with a friend and you know, there was a rumor about one of the moms and I was like, I was like, oh my God, is that true? You know, and I still do it. We're human. But I think the point of just like, there's some people that are just like, they take it too far. And they take it too far. Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah. want to understand why that happened. Yeah. So let's think about it this way, right? We live in a patriarchal society and it's all about hierarchies and power. And so queen bees want power. And from my perspective, everything comes back to shame, Megan. Power is another way to compensate for shame. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I mean, first of all, I don't want to be powerful over anybody, but that's not my issue, right? And and some people do, though. That's how they fill themselves up. That's how they fill any relational or, you know, self-esteem deficits. Mm-hmm. And so power is something that is valued in this society, and some women want it. Makes them feel good. Yeah. Well, I just think... You know, I really wanted, I'm glad you came on to kind of talk about this, but I really wanted to address, you know, I wanted to address my side of it. Yeah. And I wanted, I want people to understand that, you know, I'm no saint, like I've done lots and lots of things wrong and, 
I may or may not have, you know, called that girl an effing loser at the party. I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, I'm sorry a million times. I may or may not have flipped the bird to a person that I don't like and carpool because I couldn't take the pain anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sorry for my part in this, but what I will say is, you know, I've moved on and I don't care anymore. So yeah. if you want to continue to, um, you know, follow me on social media and make fun of me, I don't care. Like that's one thing I'm, this whole podcast has, and just all of the therapy and all of the help from you has gotten me to a place where I'm just like, you can't do anything worse than you've already done to me. Yeah. You can't, yeah. it's not possible. You could what punch me in the face. Fine. You know, um, well, physical pain sometimes doesn't even hurt as much as emotional. Let's be real. hundred percent. Right? I would have rather been like punched in the face and beaten up. And actually I would have rather anything. And I tell that I told this story because I really want people to understand that the amount of pain that I felt because of this got me to a point. And again, it could have affected somebody else completely differently, completely differently. But for me, just being, you know, having all the trauma of my childhood yeah, and loss and all of that stuff, I didn't, I legitimately did not want to live. And I want people to understand that, like, be kind because there's people like, I'll never understand the pain of some of the women that did this to me, That's why right. they did it. You know, they could be going through their own deep, deep pain. Yes. But let's as people and as women, you know, try to support each other a little bit more and try to like, keep in mind that, and I've learned this, you never will know what somebody else is going through. That's right. That's right. Because as Meghan Markle, will go back to the beginning she said, don't trust the image. Just because she's holding Harry's hand and she's in this big gown, she felt like she was dying inside, right? In a prison, right? Yeah, she felt like she was trapped. And so yeah. we don't really know what people are going through. And if we could just shift our lens to one of empathy and compassion, that changes everything. And, and, and on another note, you know, if you are listening to this and you feel like you are being bullied, by someone, it is important to defend yourself, you know, confront that person in a way that, that allows for communication, not to change the other person, because usually we can't change them yet. It's very important for us to have our voice and say our truth and then let it go because now you're protecting yourself. Yeah. Like, like you're doing right now. Having your voice is really important. I'm really yeah. happy for you. And honestly, like I have a podcast, so <laughs> I have a voice and people listen to the podcast. Thank you for the people that listen. Yeah. Um, but not everybody has a voice. Not everybody has a voice. And I will tell you, um, I think I told you this story. And if this, I, it, it was, it's, it's going to make me emotional, but there was a young girl that reached out to me um, from Saudi Arabia and she was, she was suicidal and she had an account, she had an Instagram account and I was like kind of messaging with her and um, she was like, I, you know, I 
don't want to go on. And honestly, with social media, you never really know what's real and what's not. How do you know that somebody isn't like scamming you or whatever it is? Right. But the girl was telling me how difficult it was. Like she was 17 years old. She didn't want to go on. Um, Her parents didn't understand her. Um, And then I was like kind of messaging back and forth with her to like, keep going, you know, like keep going, keep going. And then the next day she messaged me and she was like, I'm deleting this account. Like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And like, I remember I was sitting in the park parking lot of Target and I was like, well, is she gone? Like, did she kill herself? Like, you know, and I, I mean, that kind of like stays with me. That happened like a month ago. It stays with me all the time because I just think like we need as a society to support each other and love each other and like not be so shitty to each other, especially after what we've all gone through with COVID. Yeah. Like let's put the judgment aside, you know, I mean, if, unless you've walked in somebody's shoes, you don't know what they're, what they've gone through, what they're going through today. And we can have discernment, which is different than judgment, but, you know, we need each other. <laughs> people need people. And, you know, you don't know what happened with that young girl, but who knows? Maybe just that one conversation might've helped her. You don't know, but you didn't ignore her. You didn't tell her, sorry, you don't work for human resources. Um, you know, you were a kind, generous person and that's who you are. And so those are the things that matter. And yeah. we judge people, by the way, anyway, it's just a way to feel better about ourselves. You know, it's true. I mean, I, I believe me, like these two years have changed me to the point where I know I, I mean, I was one of the girls I was making fun of other people. I was saying mean things. I was doing mean things. Um, I continue to gossip and, and I make mistakes every day, but you know, I really feel like I think about this a lot. And sometimes I think, God, if I just never would have met that friend, if I just, I wish I would have never met her. I wish I could have taken all those years back. I wish I could have just started over and just known. And then I think about it and I'm like, well, I wouldn't be who I am today. So we we wouldn't be having this conversation. I never would have met Dr. Nay and her beautiful bangs. Um, but Dr. Nay, I want, I like, I want to pivot a little bit while we have time and talk about, and thank you for talking that out with me. And I hope that, I hope that this conversation, somebody can relate. If I pissed people off, I'm sorry, but this is my truth. This is my podcast. If you hate me more, I really don't care. Um, and it is what it is. So bye, Karen, I'll say that. Um, but I wanted, (laughs) I wanted to say what, like, can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing now and your, your, your YouTube show and all of this stuff on the East coast? Yeah. You know what? I mean, I'm still doing the same thing. I'm still working with my patients and that's the love of my life. And I'm, um, I'm in the process of just finishing up a, a whole journal about attachment trauma and a lot of the stuff that we talk about so that people can actually have a journal online or in their hands to work with. Uh, because I just think 
it's so important, it's such important work. And I, I, instead of reading a book, I think people can actually use exercises and reflections, meditations. So that's taking up a lot of my time right now. And then, yeah, I try to get to my podcast, but there's only so many hours in the day, you know, and I got to still uh, pay attention to my family a little bit. <laughs> are you, are you happy? So you're, you're leaving the West coast. I mean, yes. we, you and I still have um, zoom therapy. Yeah. Um, but are you happy on the East coast? I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm true. You know, it's funny. I, I guess, you know, there's a great uh, book by, I think John Kabat-Zinn, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Right. So as long as I'm with like my husband and my dog and I can work, like I'm pretty much happy. And that's what zoom taught me. I can do my work anywhere and it's so beautiful. And it's, you know, I never would have imagined that this would have happened, of course, because I love California, but I'm also open to change. And it's, I don't know, who knows what will happen next, but. Do you think that this whole like COVID thing has changed you for the better? Oh, I don't know for the better, but um I think it opens me up to see possibilities that I didn't see, uh, like such as being able to work effectively virtually. And I, and I know that it, it, I think it really, you know, when my grandson was born and right at this time, actually this week, um, and we couldn't see him. And, and I was just like, I like that felt heartbreaking to me. And I, so I think it's, it's just another reminder of just how important love and family and connection is. Cause at the end of the day, that's all we have. I feel like this, like I say this all the time, like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I wonder a lot, like I asked you that because like, I don't know, I think COVID has changed me for the better, mm-hmm. but I think that it's also like brought out like everything that could possibly it could bring out like the political yeah. uh issues yeah. and the fight oh, yeah. in my own family yeah um you know it's just brought a lot a lot of stuff to the surface yeah but I'm hoping you know like when when I see somebody I like now in town and I you know we're all still masked yeah and it's like I'm just so happy sometimes to see somebody I'm like oh my gosh I haven't seen you in a year and it's in like a year and it's the best feeling. Like, I know when I see you, I'm probably going to cry. And yeah, we're definitely right. Right. And, and so, I mean, yeah, I always, you know, I always think that there are silver linings in, in trauma, as you know. And I, I think in the beginning when all this happened, I made a commitment to myself that I was going to, you know, make certain changes and try to be a better version of myself for all the people that died. Because I, I, I just, I still can't wrap my brain around that, that so many people died from this. It's almost like people don't want to know or understand that people really, 500,000 plus people really, truly died. Really died and and in a terrible way without their families. And so in that way, I'm like, we, we could all do better in their honor, like, like, I don't want their death to be in vain, you know? And so I'm such a meaning making person that I just have to tell myself these narratives because otherwise they just died. I mean, that's, that leaves a hole inside of me, even though I don't 
I know maybe, oh, I do know one. Yeah, one of my good friends, Dr. Moy. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that just like the body and brain grow from threat that our country and our society grows. But you know, I'm, yeah. internal, I'm an internal optimist, so. Yeah, Gee, um, by the way, I cannot tell you how many people reach out to me and are like, is Dr. Nay taking new patients? <laughs> like, like I get it on I get it all the time I love Dr. Nay you're like kind of a celebrity um and I think like something that I find interesting and I know that it was a big deal for you to kind of like cross that patient therapist mm-hmm. barrier and like yeah. come on my podcast and kind of have the relationship I was actually walking with a friend of mine today and she's a therapist And she was like, oh, that's so interesting that she is on like on your podcast and you have like real conversations. And I was like, well, you know what? That's for me, that's the kind of therapist I need, you know? And, and I appreciate that about you that you're willing to like, maybe say, well, I've gone through this. Yes. So I can relate. And I think that that that's like more of what the world needs. Yes. In my opinion. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and listen, therapists are people too. And um, we've gone through our own stuff. We probably were really fucked up and that's why we became a therapist. I mean, that's, let's be real. And um, you know, those days of Freud and the blank screen, they don't work. And, and, you know, everybody who comes to therapy has been wounded through their early relationships. And so there has to be some healing in our relationship and it's a real relationship. And, and, you know, and also I have a weird circumstance because of the movie. So people know about my life. Um, so I don't know. And I've, and I've had enough training that I can hold the boundaries of that. Right. And, and not, and none of my patients cross it anyway. Yeah. But I can hold the boundaries because boundaries are important in every relationship. And if I screw up, I say, I'm sorry. And we start again. Well, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Oh you my know? God. Please. I mean, my, my last podcast was with my friend, Megan, who's a therapist. And she had gone through like some, she had never gone through trauma really in her life. And she, and if you listen to my last podcast, she went through something very traumatic and it changed the way she did therapy and it made her really, instead of just being like, oh, I'm going to study the human, I'm going to study the brain. I'm coming from a place of, of understanding. And I've said this before. I think that's why the very first session I sat with you years ago I just really kind of like, was like, well, she gets me, you know, instead of like somebody, instead of like going, oh, like your sister died, like when you were a baby and writing notes and not listening and then just, right. Yeah. And not dealing with the emotional piece. That's why everybody comes to therapy is to deal with their emotions. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I love my job and I love coming on your podcast and listen we're changing it up we are changing it up. up therapy that's what we're doing sister and I and you and I want you to come on often and yeah, I'm sure I'm so grateful to you you know how much I love you um one of your patients a couple of your patients and I like 
are now friends through social media. And um, I won't say her name. She, I didn't ask her. So I'll call her Brenda. Um, <laughs> I'll call her Mary Kate. Um, Mary Kate, you're one of your patients and I have been like messaging back and forth. And she's like, oh, I saw her yesterday. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, and I didn't want it to end. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to see her. I know. So um, thank you. Yeah. You really are an incredible human. And I'm just, I'm proud to know you and um, thank you for everything you've done for me. And, um, oh, and you've had really quickly, you've had both your shots, right? Yes. Had both my shots. Yeah. Which one did you have? The Moderna. Okay. So, cause I have so much stuff in my face. I'm scared. I'm going to swell. Oh, one of my friends did, but I don't think you will. Okay. She has, she has allergies to everybody. You'll be fine. Okay. Cause I really, I really want to go get my shots. So I wanted to say like that, a couple of things, everyone go get your shots, like get the vaccination. Yeah. This shouldn't be a political thing. Come on. We want this to all be over. We don't want people dying anymore. Um, and I just wanted to thank you again. Dr. Thank you, my love. Yeah. You just uh, get that shot and I can't wait to give you a hug. Get the shot. And in closing, Keep living, keep praying, and keep growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.